I'm glad you can join us for our evening gospel service, and we're going to commence that service by our opening praise, hymn 211. There is a story sweet to hear, I love to tell it too. It fills my heart with hope and cheer, tis old yet ever new. Let's all stand to sing and join in this great old gospel hymn. service we just want to come to the Lord in prayer so let's all pray our heavenly father and eternal God we bow with humility and reverence in thy presence this evening and we thank thee Lord for the access and for that way that we have right into the presence of a most holy God 
And Lord, we just pray that we will know a real sense of thy presence in this service tonight. We thank thee for the purpose of this evening's service, that it has been arranged for the preaching of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you that God so loved this world that he sent his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We thank you, Lord, that that everlasting life was purchased for us on the cross at Calvary, where our beloved Saviour shed his precious blood. And, O oh Lord, we thank thee for every head that's bowed here tonight that knows the certainty and the assurance of everlasting life. But, Lord, we pray for those who may have joined with us tonight, and as yet they do not have that certainty. O oh Lord, they are facing an eternity but, Lord, it's not an eternity with God. And, O oh Lord, we just pray that you will speak to them tonight, that as the gospel goes forth, both in the messages and song, and also as thy word is preached, O oh Lord, that you will speak to hearts, and boys and girls and men and women might see their need of a saviour. Lord, we pray for the one tonight who will come and bring the messages and song. We thank thee for our brother Sam, and we thank thee for how thou hast used him in the past and we pray lord as he sings those messages that our hearts will be stirred our hearts will be touched and lord we pray as well for the one who would handle thy word tonight we pray that our brother will know the help of god and lord we pray for every heart oh lord prepare our hearts for the gospel tonight and as that word goes forth oh lord we pray that there will be a time of blessing and even a time of reaping when men and women will turn towards thee and Lord, what we pray for in Hebron, we pray for all our congregations and every place where thy word is going forth tonight. Lord, we ask that thou wilt prosper it. And Lord, that a work will be done for eternity. Do remember our own pastor tonight in Romania, Lord. We pray that thou wilt be with him and his wife. And O oh Lord, that his ministry there in Timisoara will be blessed also. So Lord, we leave the remainder of this meeting with thee. We ask that thou wilt come Settle us in thy presence and bless us, we pray, for we ask it for thy name's sake. Amen. Now, it's a delight and a privilege to have our brother uh, Sam Houston back with us again. Sam was with us some time ago, and we really enjoyed his ministry and song. And I understand that he has uh, just produced a new Christmas uh, CD, or a CD just in time for, for Christmas. And I think he's going to sing some pieces from that tonight. So Christmas has come early in Balamone tonight. But of course there's no reason why we cannot celebrate the birth of our Saviour every month of the year and not just in December. So Sam, you're welcome to Balamone. Uh, and come and sing to us. And if you want to say just a few short words about the CD before you begin, you're very welcome. Well, folks, I first of all want to thank the minister, uh, Reverend Parks, for the invitation and the session committee which have approved it. And it's great to be able to keep in with people. That's very important, isn't it? But uh, I've kept in well with Sylvia here, and she does a great work, and she keeps me right and has got me, I believe, on the right note to sing. And uh, uh, may God bless indeed the preaching of the Word of God, uh, singing 
is always secondary to the preaching of the Word of God. And uh, it was a delight, it was a delight to my heart to hear our brother pray and to make that absolutely clear. Now, in regards to the new CD, well, like the last one that I brought out, God put the seed in my mind to try and resurrect some of the old-fashioned gospel songs, for there's that much nonsense going about, a lot of jumpy-jivey nonsense, and it's not really glorifying the Lord. And so in my old age, before I go home to heaven, whether it be long or short, I'm determined to try and uh, uh, keep going till we uh, bring out more of the old-time gospel songs. So uh, thank you for coming. It was great to see you folk. I love to shake hands with every single one of you. And uh, I love you as in the Lord. And uh, I've always felt very happy and comfortable being among the Balamone folk. Uh, I used to uh, stay here in this town. And before I got saved, I used to sing with a group going around the country. I was telling some of the folk about that. And they were called the Kentucky Four. It was Roy D. and the Kentucky Four. And you know, I'm glad that the Lord changed my singing. And he gave me a song that the world could never compete with. And you know, if you turn on the television, maybe to hear the news or something that you're interested in, you hear a lot of jumpy, jivey, silly old nonsense that I used to sing. And it's all of the devil, you know. There's none of it of God at all. But thank God, uh, the songs that I sing, and I trust that you sing, are complimentary to God's holy truth. So here we go, sister, and I'm trusting by faith. For without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. Joy to the world is the first one, and as with gladness is the second one. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room, and heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ, white fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains. Repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sounding joy. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground he comes to make his blessings flow. For as the curse is found, for 
clouds the curses found For as, for as the curse is found He rules the world with truth and grace And makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders wonders of his love I made a wee mistake there but who doesn't make mistakes We'll not be perfect till we get home. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah for that. All right, sister, number two. As with gladness men of old did the Thy glory high. 
lighted light. Thou its light, its joy, its crown. Thou its sun, which goes not down. Therefore ever may we sing hallelujahs to Thank you, Sam, for coming and bringing us those messages and song. And Sam's CD is on a, a table in the hallway. Uh, there's a sheet there. Uh, if you would like a copy, just put your name on the sheet. Uh, the price is £10, and uh, you can either pay that during the week sometime or in the bookshop in Balamone. this stage, I'd like to give everybody a warm word of welcome. Uh, to those who are gathering with us here tonight, and we do have some visitors, and we want to welcome you especially. It's good to have you here joining with us in Hebron this evening. And of course, we want to welcome also those who are joining online uh, in Sermon Audio, Facebook, and on YouTube as well. There are refreshments uh, being served in the fellowship area after the service, so we'd be delighted if you all could join us for a cup of tea and some fellowship after the service this evening. Tuesday morning is our senior fellowship, and that will be held again in the fellowship area at 11 a.m. And then on Tuesday evening uh, sees, I think it's our second youth challenge uh, meeting of this series. And so for the boys and girls, we'd love to see them all along on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. And then it's a busy week because on Wednesday we have our ladies' fellowship. And this is especially for the ladies and their friends and the congregation. Uh, we're having a special speaker, Linda Killen, the wife of her brother Chris Killen, is coming along to speak and give her testimony and tell how uh, she is working for the Lord along with her husband. And the soloist uh, that evening will be uh, Hannah Armstrong. Then on Thursday, uh, it is our midweek service at 8 o'clock, and we trust our pastor will be back from Romania and able to join with us and take our midweek uh, service and prayer meeting that evening. On Friday night, uh, Youth Fellowship, 8 o'clock for all our young people, and the Bible study on Friday night will be taken by our brother Aaron McCauley. Uh, for our elders, uh, our presbytery is held on Friday night also, so do remember that, presbytery at 8 o'clock. And then on Saturday, we have the open-air service at 11 a.m. in the centre of the town. So John, who heads up that work, would welcome your presence there in the open air on Saturday morning. Then next Lord's Day begins with the early morning prayer meeting at 8 o'clock, followed by our Sunday school at 10.30 and our Bible class at 10.45. And our brother Phil Moffat will be dealing with the subject of the backslider, when Satan steals our song. Then we have our worship service, and the Reverend Park will be back with us again at 12 noon. And in the evening we have our family night service at 7 p.m. And the preacher 
uh, on this family night will be Mr. Jonathan Whiteside and the soloist Kirsten McMullen. The Reverend Park will not be with us because he will be preaching at a special gospel mission arranged by our Tandragee congregation. And again next week, uh, refreshments will be served and the ladies have been asked to bring a small tray of buns or some bars uh, for those refreshments. I want to thank you all for your tithes and your offerings to God's work. And just a reminder that today is the Home Mission Outreach Envelopes and next week, uh, LTBS envelopes and the missionary covenant will be received. Do you remember our Hebron church Christmas dinner in the Macraboy House Hotel? And after Sam's singing tonight, you will all be ready for your Christmas dinner. Uh, it's on Friday, the 2nd of December in 2022, obviously. Uh, and the uh, list is on the uh, table in the hallway uh, so you can select your main course and dessert and see the price list there. That's all of the announcements that we need to make tonight. We're going to ask our brother Sam to come back, sing again to us and bring us another message and song. The Lord says, Seek and ye shall find. And this song is simply entitled, Seeking for Me. Jesus, my Savior, to Bethlehem came, born in a manger to sorrow and shame. Oh, it was wonderful, blessed be his name, seeking for me, for me, seeking for me, for me, seeking for me, for me. Oh, it was wonderful, blessed be his name, seeking for me, for me. Jesus, my Savior, on Calvary's tree, paid the great debt and my soul he set free. Oh, it was wonderful, how could it be? Dying for me, for me. Dying for me, for me. Dying for me, for me. Oh, it was wonderful, how could it be? for me, for me. Jesus, my Savior, the same as of old, when I was wandering afar from the fold, gently and long did he plead with my soul, calling for me, for me, 
calling for me, for me. Calling for me, for me. Gently and long did he plead with my soul, calling for me, for me. Jesus, my Savior, shall come from on high. Sweet is the promise as weary years fly. Oh, I shall see him descend from the sky, coming for me, for me. Sing it. Coming for me, for me. For me, for me, oh, I shall see him descend from the sky, coming for me, for me, oh, I shall see him descend from the sky, coming for me, for me. Thank you, Sam, again, for bringing that message and song. I must say I agree with you. I do love those old gospel hymns that are full of so much truth. So let's all join together now and sing one of those old hymns, hymn 199. God loved a world of sinners lost and ruined by the fall. Salvation full at highest cost he offers free to all. Let's all stand and join together in singing this praise.
Well, it is my pleasure to welcome back to our pulpit uh, tonight uh, Mr. Samuel Crawford. We're delighted that he was able to be with us this morning and bring God's Word this morning, and we're very pleased that he's able to join with us again this evening. Now, as Phil mentioned this morning, our brother has just completed uh, his course in the Theological Hall of our denomination and uh, has been licensed recently by our presbytery and is now seeking God's will for his life and preaching around various congregations. And so we're delighted that he's with us here in Balamani tonight, and we're now going to ask him to come and to preach God's word to us. Brother, you're very welcome. Now, less than life I have had to come to learn is that uh, I answer to any name. <laughs> Usually I get called Andrew or sometimes Samuel, but it doesn't matter. It's good to be here and to thank our brother for uh, leading the meeting thus far. I'd like to thank our brother Sam for his ministry and song. It was our uh, church dinner just over a week ago, uh, Markerfeld church dinner, and our brother was along to minister and song, and uh, we enjoyed his ministry then. And we certainly enjoyed his ministry tonight, and may the Lord bless him and use the CD for the glory and honor of the Saviour's name. Turn with me, please, in your Bibles to the Gospel according to John, John chapter 3. And we're going to read very familiar words, I'm sure, to all of you here, but uh, wonderful words. Uh, from the Saviour to Nicodemus, John chapter 3, and we'll commence reading at verse number 14, and we'll read down to verse number 21. John's Gospel, chapter 3, commencing at verse number 14. This is the Word of God. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Amen. And may the Lord bless this reading of his precious word to each and every one of us, our hearts for his namesake and for his glory alone. Amen. Please join with me and let us again bow our heads in prayer and ask for the Lord's help as we come to this most important and solemn part of our worship service tonight. Let us pray. Our loving God and eternal heavenly Father, we Rejoice in the goodness and grace of God to each and every one of us, whereby, O God, we are enabled 
through the merits of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior and Redeemer, to come into thy holy presence once again. We thank thee that we come into the thrice holy presence of the one true and living God, the one who is from everlasting to everlasting, the one who uh, sits upon uh, his throne in glory, beholding the world and the universe and the works of men, and even looks down into the hearts of every individual in this meeting tonight. And Lord, we just come before Thee in, hum in humility and in with reverence, O God, uh, Lord, acknowledging the great privilege that we have because of Christ. And Lord, we thank Thee for what has taken place in this meeting already tonight. We thank Thee for the hymns that we have been singing. We thank Thee, Lord, for the ministry and song from our brother Sam. And we thank Thee, Lord, for the reading of the precious word, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ to Nicodemus. And Lord, I humbly ask and pray that as we come to consider these very familiar words, that Lord, thou wouldst give help to me as I seek to preach thy word. And Lord, give help to this congregation and those watching online as we would seek to listen and consider thy truth tonight. Again, we pray against the devil and every force of darkness. For Lord, they do not want us to be focused upon thy word. They don't want us to be... Uh, considering thy word, and Lord, they would seek to plant a distraction in our minds, and Lord, we pray against them in Jesus' precious name. We pray for the hush of eternity to fall upon this gathering, Lord, and every other light gathering where the gospel would be sounded forth. We pray, O God, that there would be signs following the preaching of thy word for the glory and honor of our Savior's name. Lord, I confess my need of help and need of power tonight, and I pray that thou wouldst cleanse me afresh in the precious blood Empty me of self and of sin, and, O Lord, fill me with thy Holy Spirit. Hide me far behind the cross, and may none be seen or heard but Christ in Christ alone. For it's in his precious name, Lord, I pray, and Lord, I ask these things. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> I want to consider with you tonight three great things in John 3.16. Now, that's the title of my message, The Love of God in John 3.16, but... That verse has been on my mind for this meeting tonight, and I'm perhaps not going to say anything new which you've, you haven't already heard before or you already, already know in your own hearts. But I want to consider uh, the, the message or the, the, the verse of John 3:16, and to consider the gospel and to consider three great things that we see in this text tonight. And I trust that the Lord will encourage you as a believer just to remind you what the Lord has done for you on a personal basis, what the Lord has done for you and what the Lord has done for me. We're here tonight to consider Him. We're here tonight to worship Him. We're here tonight to rejoice in what He has done for us. And if you're in here tonight and you're not saved, rejoice in the fact that there is hope tonight for you. There is a gospel to, to be proclaimed to you. There is a way of salvation for you. And that is through the Lord Jesus Christ. So let us notice first of all tonight, as we consider these three great things, the great pronouncement of God's love. You know, throughout history, there have been many pronouncements made. I think of uh, dating back to uh, the 7th of May in 1945, 
when the then Prime Minister, Sir Winston Churchill, came on the radio to announce the end of the Second World War by the German uh, representative, the German General uh, Gödel, as he had signed the act of unconditional surrender, the Second World War came to an end. And that surely was a great pronouncement, the end of the Second World War for the people at that time. Then I also thought about the, the announcement on the 20th of July in 1969 when the American astronaut Neil Armstrong uh, put his left foot on the lunar surface and famously declared these words, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Now here are two great pronouncements from our not too distant past. But whenever we put them beside this great pronouncement that we have in John 3, 16, that for God so loved the world, well, those, those uh, pronouncements I have mentioned to you there, they pale into insignificance compared to what we have read here from the lips of our Lord Jesus Christ himself, for God so loved the world. The Lord Jesus Christ in his conversation with Nicodemus spoke these words to him. Now throughout John's gospel in the third chapter, there are many great statements that the Savior made about salvation, about the need of a sinner to be born again, John 3 verse 7, about the serpent being lifted up in the wilderness in verse 14 of John chapter 3. And of course, the Lord Jesus was telling Nicodemus of what was going to happen to him. How that he would be like that serpent that was lifted up on the pole. And those Israelites who had sinned against the Lord, they looked to that serpent, they would be healed. Now that's what you need to do tonight if you're not saved. You need to look to Christ and live. You need to look to him because you cannot look to anyone else or anything else. You cannot depend or hope or rest upon anyone or anything else but the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. You know, Nicodemus was a religious man. Perhaps you're in here tonight and you're religious. Being religious doesn't mean you're saved. Being religious doesn't mean that you're right with God. And there are many religious people in Northern Ireland tonight, but they're not saved and they're lost. There's many people in Northern Ireland tonight and they're not religious. And they too, they are not saved. But we see here that the Lord Jesus Christ declared this great pronouncement, for God so loved the world. This speaks of one of God's attributes, that God loves because he is love. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 4, please. I will be turning to a few verses this evening to lengthen out our message, to explain and to demonstrate to you from the Word of God the great truths of the, the, the gospel. First John chapter 4. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ said that God so loved the world. Now, how is it that God so loved the world? Well, if you turn to First John chapter 4 there, and let us read together the verse number 8. And it says there, we'll read verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth 
not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Then if you go down there, please, to verse number 16. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. And there we read in verses number 8 and 16 of First John chapter 4, this great fact that God is love. You see, that is how the Lord loved the world, because he is the God of love. Now, that word love there in John 3, verse 16, it comes from a word which speaks of the fatherly love of God for his people. And you think about that for a moment, dear brother or sister, that out of the many multitudes of this world, I believe over 7 billion people in this world at this present time, and you think of the love of God for you, for you, wherever you're, you're seated in this meeting tonight or wherever you're watching in from online tonight, you think of the love of God for you. Now, I know every one of us in here, we have uh, family members, we have friends, and it's great to know their love and to experience their love and for them to tell you, I love you. But whenever you consider this, the greatest of all loves, isn't it wonderful to be reminded of this fact that we have a God in heaven who is love? And you think of all the religions and cults in this world and people trying to earn favor or merit with their God, trying to go through rituals, inflicting pain upon their bodies. Why? To try and appease their God. Their God doesn't love them because their God doesn't exist. And yet we have a God in heaven tonight who is the God of love. And speaking there of the love of God for his people, what a wonderful love that is. And how God so loved the world, a world full of sinners. You think about that now, a world of sinners who were in their natural state, enemies to God, in their natural state and originally as they were born into this world, sinners by birth, sinners by practice. David said in Psalm 51 that he was uh, created in sin. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Paul saying uh, to the church at Rome in Romans 3 verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, not loving somebody who is our enemy is something that's very hard for us to do. And you think of how God so loved the world, a world which hated him, a world which did not seek after him, a world which wanted to go the way of the world and wanted to get it, whatever it could out of this life to satisfy their own sinful desires. And you think about that, brethren and sisters, before the Lord saved you, how that the Lord in his mercy and grace bestowed his love upon you, and how that in eternity past he set his love upon you, 
and chose to love you, not because there was anything in you that merited or deserved his love, but because he loved you. And that is something which we cannot plumb the depths of. Why would God love a sinner like me? Why would God love a sinner like you? It is because he loved you. Remember, remember what the Lord said to Jeremiah? I have loved thee with an everlasting love. The everlasting God who is from eternity to eternity, he loves his people with an everlasting love. You think of what the Lord Jesus Christ said. All that the Father giveth to me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. It was a love not only um, for the world, but it was a love um, for sinners like you and I out of this world. And you know, tonight there is no hope for you outside of Jesus Christ. If you're still in your sin, if you still are rejecting Christ, Oh, I would urge upon you to cease from your rejection. Whatever it is is hindering you from coming and putting your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. Stop. And consider this great love, for God so loved the world, even though you were undeserving of his love, even though there was nothing in your life which could earn it, to purchase it, to receive it. But yet here we have this unconditional and unmerited love of God. What a great pronouncement we have tonight. But secondly, there is the great presentation of God's love. The Savior went on to say to Nicodemus that he gave his only begotten Son. Now, if you turn with me, please, to the book of Romans. And we're turning to Romans chapter 8, please. Romans chapter 8, and let us read the verse uh, number 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now, thinking here about the great presentation of God's love, now, we have there the Savior declaring or presenting, or sorry, the pronouncement of the love of God. But for God to prove or to exhibit or to demonstrate his love, he had to do something. And he did that by giving his only begotten son. I'm sure you've heard it said before that you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. And that is what the Lord has done for you and I, dear sinner. The Lord gave us his very best, his darling son, the Lord Jesus Christ, his only begotten son. And that word only begotten there simply means or refers to the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ is the eternal son of God. And while the Lord Jesus, he is God and man, yes, John's gospel tells us that, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. But before he ever came into this world, the Lord Jesus existed as the word of God. He always has been the son of God, but it was only at his incarnation that he took on a human form 
and was made in the likeness of human flesh. You think about that word gave there, that he gave his only begotten son. You know, to, to show someone that you love them, well, you'll, you'll go out of your way to do something to show that. You'll give them a gift and not expect something in return. You will show them love because you love them and you want them to experience that. You want them to be encouraged and to be thrilled by the fact that you love them. And you will go whatever mile it takes and whatever you'll do whatever it takes to show that person that you love them. You think of how God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. See, God could have chosen to destroy Adam when he immediately sinned in the garden, but he didn't. And we have in Genesis chapter 3 that wonderful gospel promise that the Lord would send the seed of the woman to bruise the head of the serpent. And let me tell you that salvation was not an afterthought in the mind of God. It wasn't a knee-jerk reaction to Adam and Eve disobeying him in the garden. But salvation was something that God had planned in eternity past. Before the very foundation of this world, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit had entered into that great covenant agreement that one day the Son would come and become the mediator or the redeemer and would go the whole way to the cross and there he would suffer and he would bleed and die upon the cross for my sin and for your sin. And that's what, we, that's what comes to our minds whenever we think of this word gave because the Lord Jesus Christ gave himself for us in other words, he came and suffered the cursed death of the cross because of the broken law of God. Yet he who knew no sin, the Bible tells us, became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And even though all of humanity was plunged into sin and spiritual death because of Adam and Eve's disobedience, yet... It is through the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ that a sinner is saved. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ, he came to undo everything that Adam did. And he came to do what Adam couldn't do and didn't do. And that was to obey God's law and to render that perfect obedience unto God's law so that we would have that salvation. And all you have to do tonight, if you haven't already come to Christ, is to come to him and to receive this free gift. Consider this great presentation of the love of God for you. Please turn with me to 1 John chapter 4. I want to read another verse there in 1 John. John says in his fourth chapter of his first epistle, at verse 10, Herein is love, not that we loved God, 
but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. You know that old English word there, propitiation, it simply means satisfaction. And you know, my friend tonight, the Lord Jesus Christ satisfied God's justice. The wrath of God that was poured upon him for my sin and for your sin, it was fully exhausted upon his son. Why? Because Christ finished the work of redemption. And that is why he could say from the cross, it is finished. Because the wrath of God had been fully meted out upon his son for the sins of his people. And that Christ died and was buried. But praise God, on the third day he arose. And he's alive forevermore, never to come again to go to the cross and to suffer and to bleed and to die. Because what he did at that day at Calvary's cross over 2,000 years ago is sufficient for all the sins of his people. Sins of the Old Testament saints and the, the sins of, for us today. They are all covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. I love to be reminded of those words where John tells us, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Sinner friend, there is where you need to come and to get your sins under the blood of Christ. In other words, by faith, confess him to him and trust and rest upon what Jesus Christ has done and then you will be saved. And that debt of your sin will be cleansed for all eternity. And you will never have to die and to go to hell for your sins. Because Christ has paid your fine. He's paid your debt. He's paid my debt of sin in full. And thank God my debt has been removed. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 18. For Christ also hath suffered for sins. The just for the unjust that he may bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. You see, since Christ suffered and died for sin, sinner friend, there's no need for you to die and to go to hell for eternity to suffer for your sins. Turn away from them and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. Look to him and live Look to him who lived and died for his people's sins. And then he rose again, ascended back to glory, to ever live, to intercede for his people, to go and prepare that place for his people, and then one day to return and to take his people home to be with him. You know, the Savior said in John 3, verse 17, that he came not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And while the Savior came the first time to save, he's coming back again, but not to save, but to judge. And if you're not saved, you will meet him as your judge and not your Savior. And while we're thinking in this second thought about this great presentation of God's love, let me read to you, in fact, turn with me to Romans 5. Romans 5. One of the verses often associated with the Romans road of salvation, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. 
And it tells us there in Romans 5, verse 8, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now you think of that word commendeth there, because it ties in with this thought of the presentation of God's love. That word commendeth there, it signifies to introduce or to exhibit. And this is how God exhibited, this is how God presented his love for you and for me, in that Christ came, Christ lived, but Christ died for us. We who deserved to die, we who deserve to be cast into hell for all eternity because of our sin, because of our rebellion against God, but yet in and through Christ, we can be saved and ready for heaven and for home. You know, we're approaching very soon the, the 11th of November, just a couple of weeks' time. And how we rightly remember the sacrifice of all of those men and women who have given their lives for the freedoms which we have today, the freedom to be able to come and to worship like this without fear of persecution or reproof. And we think of how they laid down their lives, giving there today that we could have our tomorrow. And how that the lives of many men and women were given for our freedom. And you know, that freedom wasn't free. That freedom which we experience today, somebody had to pay for it. And that was all those servicemen and women who laid down their lives. And while salvation is free to us, we don't pay for it, we couldn't pay for it. All the money and all the gold and all the resources in this world could not purchase our redemption. But it cost the Lord Jesus Christ his life. It cost him his precious ruby blood. That precious blood that is without sin, that is without corruption. That's what it cost the Lord Jesus Christ to redeem a sinner like me and to redeem you, dear brother or sister, tonight. We think, we've been thinking there about the great presentation of God's love. But lastly, let us consider the great prospect of God's love. The Savior said that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I want you to notice that this is a great prospect for all who believe. You see, the Savior said that whosoever believeth in him. Now, you know, I'm sure very well that that word whosoever, it means anyone, none are excluded. You see, the gospel is for the whole world. Whenever Jonathan and I were licensed last month, we promised to proclaim that free offer of the gospel to our hearers. And we rejoice in that because we believe wholeheartedly that the gospel is for this world. Now, of course, I don't know who the Lord will save. None of us knows who the Lord will save. All the more reason that we tell everyone whom we can. All the more reason that we get the gospel out to all the nations, to whoever, they, whoever uh, we can reach with the gospel, no matter their background, no matter what sin they've committed. 
because the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only hope. It is the only answer to the problems of this world. It is the only answer for your sin-sick soul tonight, friend. What a prospect. That whosoever believeth on him, Jesus said, should not perish. I want you to notice as well that it is by faith alone. Now, of course, we were considering this morning the fact that the believers to earnestly contend, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> we are to earnestly contend for the faith. But Jesus says here that whosoever believeth in him, in other words, whoever believes or rests upon his finished work at the cross of Calvary will be saved. You must believe on Christ to be delivered from a lost eternity in hell. Is your faith in him today, tonight? Are you resting wholeheartedly upon the Lord Jesus Christ and his finished work? Because if your faith is not in the finished work of Christ, your faith is in the wrong place. I think of the parable the Lord told about the two men that built one uh, built his house upon the foundation of a rock. The other built his, found, his house upon the foundation of sand. And if your faith is in not, isn't in Christ tonight, your faith is like that man who built his house upon the sand. And when the storms came, that house fell. But if your hope and your trusting upon the, the finished work of Christ, you're building upon the rock, the rock of Christ and no matter when the storms come, that house will not be moved. Why? Because you're resting upon Christ. You know, there are many today who would believe that you can be saved and lost. Yet I don't find that in the Bible. And if Christ came and went to the cross and suffered and bled and died so that sinners might be lost after they got saved, well, then his sacrifice was powerless. And I say that reverently. But let me say it wasn't. Because if you're safe tonight, dear believer, you're safe and secure in Christ. And Christ didn't suffer and bleed and die so that only you could be saved and lost. No. You're saved and you're secure in Christ. Perhaps I'm speaking to someone tonight and you're a backslider and you've left your first love. Let me tell you, my dear friend, the Lord can restore unto you the joy of his salvation. Because the preacher before you tonight, the Lord did that for me 14 years ago, I think it was now. And it's only by his grace that I stand here tonight pointing you to him. I don't want to point you to myself. I certainly don't want to point you to a church. But I want to point you to the Son of God, as Paul said, who loved me and gave himself for me. What 12 comforting words there we have from the lips of Paul to the churches at Galatia. The Son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. There again was that presentation that he gave himself for us. But this prospect it is only by faith alone. You must believe on Christ to be saved. You see, that's how simple the gospel is. It is, to it is to turn and to trust. Turn away from your sin and trust in Christ. The old preachers got it right. Because if you don't turn, you will burn. 
And that's how simple the gospel is tonight, is that if you turn from your sin, you repent. That's what that word means, to turn away. And you trust in Christ, you will be saved. Remember what Paul and Silas said to the Philippian jailer. They said to him that if they... If, in fact, we'll just turn to it there. Acts chapter 16. <clears throat> and the verse number 31. <clears throat> Thinking here about the fact that it is only by faith that a sinner is saved. Those two apostles said to the Philippian jailer in verse 31 of Acts 16, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And that's how simple the gospel is, is that if you believe on him, you rest upon what he has done, and the fact that the justice of God has been satisfied, and that the cursed death of the cross has been accomplished by Christ, you will be saved. And they're thinking about this fact that it is only by faith alone that you will not perish. But let me say this. If you're not believing on Christ, if you die as a Christ rejecter, you will perish. What does that word perish mean? Well, it simply signifies to be lost. Or in other words, to be put out of the way or to be destroyed. That's a very solemn thought this evening. Because Christ promises that whosoever believeth in him, they won't perish. In other words, they won't be lost. They won't be put out of the way. They won't be suffering in hell for all eternity. But it's equally true that if you die in your sins and you're not believing, you're not resting upon the finished work of Christ, you will perish. And how many in Northern Ireland tonight are perishing? They're on that broad road leading them to death, eternal death and destruction. And yet they know the gospel. They see that great text of Scripture on the the roadside, a little cross with John 3.16 on it, or perhaps they see a banner with that great verse of Scripture on it, or they they drive past a a, a place of worship and they see the the, the TBS poster with the words of John 3.16 on it. And yet... They still are rejecting Christ. You know, not only is it a great prospect for all who believe, not only is it by faith alone, but let me say this, it is for all eternity. And while you and I as fallen, finite human beings cannot fully comprehend or grasp this great truth, but it simply means this forever and forever, that if you're believing and resting upon Christ, you won't perish in hell but you will have the everlasting life, eternal life. A number of weeks ago, well, five weeks ago, the Lord took uh, my granny home to be with himself. And just before the Lord took her home, I was considering these words in John chapter 10. If you turn with me to John chapter 10, please. And if you're a Christian in here tonight, you really take these words to heart, dear believer. John chapter 10, the verse 28. Again, the words of Christ. 
and at my granny's funeral in the home, the little service in the home, I had the privilege of bringing these words to my family. And the Savior said, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And dear believer, the Lord has given unto us eternal life. And we have that eternal life now as if we were in heaven already. The Lord has promised that unto us. And the Lord will give that unto you, sinner, if you look to him. Jesus also said in John 14, verse 19, Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. Isn't that wonderful to be reminded of? That because he lives, we shall live also. And we will live with him in heaven for all eternity. Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, said in Second Corinthians 13, verse 4, Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me. Because I live, ye shall live also. And that's the message of the gospel, that if you look to Christ, you shall live also. And what a prospect that is for us tonight, as children of God, that we have that prospect of eternal life in heaven, to be worshiping and glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ, singing the song of the redeemed. Why? Because he loved us and gave himself for us. Because that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So as we've considered in this meeting tonight, these three great things from John 3:16, the great proclamation of God's love, for God so loved the world. Secondly, the great presentation of his love, that he gave his only begotten son. And then lastly, the great prospect because of God's love that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. As I bring my message to a close, can I ask you, what have you done with Jesus Christ? Is he your Lord and Savior? Or is he the Lord and Savior, but not your personal Lord and Savior? Fanny Crosby said in one of her hymns, O be saved, his grace is free. O be saved, he died for thee. O be saved, he died for thee. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts for his name's sake and for his glory alone. Amen. Our closing hymn tonight is hymn 248. Under the burdens of guilt and care, many a spirit is grieving, who in the joy of the Lord might share life everlasting receiving. And then listen to the words of the chorus. Life, life, eternal life. Jesus alone is the giver. Life, life, abundant life. Glory to Jesus forever. Oh yes, the Lord's not only able to give you eternal life, but he's able and willing to give you an abundant life. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That's what he said. And that is what he has guaranteed to you tonight if you come to him. Let us stand and worship the Lord by the singing of this hymn.
Father, we thank thee for the message of the gospel. We thank thee, Lord, for these three great things which we have considered tonight from John 3.16. I pray that as the voice of this preacher now falls silent, that the voice of the blessed Holy Spirit will speak on, and oh, that, Lord, there will be signs following the preaching of thy word. Lord, we just pray that, Lord, thou was blessed the good things that have been provided. Lord, may we eat and drink to thy glory. And in a little while's time, may every vehicle know journeying mercies from the Lord. Take us to our homes in safety, we pray. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship and communion of the blessed Holy Spirit rest and remain upon each and every one until the Lord Jesus Christ calls or comes again. For it's in his precious name we pray and we ask all of these things. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>